What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's episode is very similar to the last solo episode last Friday. This episode is 10 ways to be the best coach possible. So last week, I did 10 ways to live a more successful life, talking about happiness, talking about life, talking about relationships, talking about business, talking about everything. Um, And today, we're going to be talking about 10 ways to be the best coach possible. But I want people to know that if you are not a coach, if you're not a trainer, if you're not a nutritionist, if you're not in the coaching business and you're listening to this, this podcast is for you as well because this podcast gives you the checklist to let you know what you should be looking for in a coach. Your coach should possess all of these attributes. So I don't want to go too in-depth because I talk about what I feel about this podcast related to the last podcast, so on and so forth at the beginning of the episode. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. But guys, this is for anybody who is looking for a coach or who wants to be coached. I'm sorry. Who is looking for a coach or wants to coach better. <laughs> so it's for coaches and clients. But the point is, guys, these are 10 things that I have learned over the last seven plus years of coaching people and of being coached that I feel like are the most important tools in order to be the best coach possible or to find the best coach possible. Guys, before we get started, I want to make one quick announcement. That is that we do have a Patreon account. So if you love the show, if you want to support the show and you want to donate to help the show grow, you can go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, I believe, dot com slash boom boom performance. Or you can click the link in the description just in case I spelled that wrong because you guys know I am not good with vocab and grammar. But if you want to support the show, you can do that there and donate to us monthly so we can help the show grow. Now, without any further ado, let's get onto the show. 10 ways to be the best coach possible. All right, guys. Today, we are doing the 10 ways to be the best coach possible. So the last episode, um, last solo episode, I did something along the lines of the 10 ways to live a more successful life. And I went in depth on uh, training and morning routine and self-affirmations and all these different protocols, all these different practices, all these different daily rituals that I believe, um, even mindset attitudes, all these different things that come into play when it comes to living a more successful life, whether that be happiness, success in your business, success in your relationship, excuse me, burping, Success in your finances, success with your body, success with every area of your life. And that's kind of what we did. We went in depth on it. And I got a lot of good feedback. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, um, listen to it before this, listen to this after it. Doesn't matter to me. Go listen to it because I do believe that this episode will have more impact if you do those things first. Meaning, one of the best ways to be the best coach possible is going to be to live a more successful life in every area of your life. Like I believe that being a coach means that you are a leader, you are a hero, you are somebody that people can look up to. And as weird as it sounds to say it yourself, and as weird as it feels to say that you want people to look up to, you want to be a leader, all these different things, because I get it, I've been there, I feel that way sometimes. It almost feels self-centered or selfish, right, to kind of put yourself on a pedestal. But the truth of the matter is, to be a coach... You need to be that figure. You need to be a light. You need to be somebody that people can look up to because if you're not living a life of success with your happiness, with your relationships, with your body, with your business, why are people going to look up to you in order for you to help them do the same? Um, So I think that's a very, very important thing just to put out there as context before going into this. Like I think step number one to becoming the best coach is to go listen to that first episode I did on this, this series of the 10 ways 
um, and really take that to heart because it makes a difference. Um, and the truth is, is you have to be that type of person in order for people to trust you with their goals, with their lives, with their daily actions, um, so on and so forth. So I think that's really, really important. Um, and it's the same reason why everybody should have a coach, right? It's why I have, um, I literally have two coaches in my life. Um, and I actually almost always have two different coaches in my life because I believe that I need accountability too, right? And, and part of me being accountable and staying accountable to living a successful life with my business, with my relationships, with my happiness, with all those things, um, because we all go through hurdles. We all go through speed bumps. We all go through self-doubt, scarcity, um, uncertain moments, um, uncomfortableness, hitting resistance. We go through all these things, and it can cause us to not always live that successful life that we really want to, right, um, or that we preach about. So one thing for me, the accountability, like you listening to this right now, me recording this right now is my accountability. Me posting on Instagram is my accountability. My clients working with me is my accountability because that allows me to stay on top of things, right? To be the light, to be the leader, to be the coach that I need to be. Um, and that's the same reason why I have mentors. I have business coaches. I have um, training coaches, nutrition coaches. I have people that coach me because I need that accountability too, um, which is the number one way, right? So now we're going to go into it. 10 ways to be the best coach possible. The first thing on the list, it wasn't the first thing, but since I'm talking about this stuff, <laughs> I'm going to put it as the first thing. Practice what you preach. Um, at the end of the day, perception is a lot, right? And we know this in the fitness industry. Um, so we have two options. We can be pissed about it or we can take advantage of it, right? Um, and, I mean, not only that, but you're going to learn a lot by living what you, what you preach, right? Practicing what you preach is huge. Um, just from a trust standpoint, why am I going to trust you to take me through a life-changing body transformation if you're not doing the same things, if you're not actively putting in the work to make your body lean, to make your body healthy, um, to f be physically fit, so on and so forth, um, it's important, right? It's the same reason why I am not going to hire a business coach to help me grow my business if he hasn't ran a business or he isn't more successful than me. That does, it just doesn't make sense, right? And I think a lot of people get pissed about it because if you look on Instagram now, um, I mean, shit, look at Instagram, right? There's a lot of ripped ass IGers, we'll call them, who are coaching people. Um, and whether or not they're successful is up for debate. Um, there's a lot of people out there who, like I think there's two things, right? There's a lot of people out there who do not have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers, and they're actually very successful because they know how to do business. Then there's people who have hundreds of thousands of followers who are not very successful when it comes to finances and coaching clients and getting people results because it's all for show. Right, But then there's also people who are successful. They have a successful business. Um, they're coaching people. Their people are getting results, give or take. Um, some clients, obviously, but they're seeing success. And one of the reasons they're seeing success is because they are marketable. They are ripped. They have clear skin. They have a bright smile, clear eyes. They eat healthy. They sleep well. They are the epitome, the embodiment, the image of health and fitness. And because of that, we look up to them and we hire them and, and we have them coach us. And so do thousands of people. So we can be pissed that these people are getting more clients than us because they look ripped or we can just practice what you preach. 
Um, and I see a lot of that. I see a lot of people that are like, ah, fuck IG because, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, dude, use it to your advantage. Like, why aren't you practicing what you preach? Why don't you want to put yourself on your image, right? Is there, is there insecurities you need to uncover? And if there is, uncover them and talk about them. Be open about them. Be authentic. Be real about it because that's going to help people see you for who you are. And people hire coaches. They don't hire science. And I think people really need to, need to focus on that. Right, and this is why I believe in um, like testing everything on yourself, which was kind of one of the things I was going to put on here. I was going to put one of the bullets to be test everything on yourself first, but I will put that into practice what you preach. I if I'm going to tell somebody to practice intermittent fasting for a day or every day or whatever, best believe that I've tried it multiple times. Should I did intermittent fasting for a year, a year straight, sixteen hours a day every day, and then I stopped, and then I did the once a week twenty to twenty four hour fast. Like I've done it all right? I've done macros. I've done paleo. I've done an elimination diet. I've done eat, stop, eat. I've done bodybuilding style diets. I've done everything, right? Um, Everything I believe in and that I preach um, and that I will have clients um, do themselves, I have done personally. And I think that's very important because I'm testing things on myself. I'm practicing what I preach and I live the lifestyle that I want my clients to live. So rule number one in being the best coach possible is you need to practice what you preach. And sometimes that means testing things on yourself first. Even if you get excited about new science and you're like, oh, I'm going to try this with a client. Do you really know how it works? Do you know what it feels like to go through that? Do you know what adherence is like? Like shit, I know from experience that keto is hard because I've tried it. My adherence sucked and I was not able to be successful with it. So I know in my mind like, hey, this is going to be the biggest limitation of keto is it could be hard on people. It can be not the easiest plan to adhere to. People might fall off. People might not be consistent. So I take that into effect, right? So I think the biggest thing, and this is why it's number one, is you have to practice what you preach. You got to test things on yourself. You have to live what you are coaching, period. If you're not living it, it, people aren't going to trust you to, to really practice it. Um, the next one is going to be be authentic, authenticity. I think this is very, very, I think this is huge. And I think this goes back to the statement I just said a second ago. Um, people don't hire science. They hire coaches. Yes, we need to know the science. We got to study, yada, yada. I'm going to get into that. But if you are not being real, if you're not being who you are, people are not going to follow your movement. People are not going to buy into your brand. People are not going to respect you, trust you, or want to coach with you because they don't know who you are show your real self seriously because this is the hugest thing for people um and this is and this is again people hire coaches they do not hire science i'm going to say that over and over again because it's the most important thing and once i realized that is when my business really started to take off i realized that it was okay to be who i am i realized that it's okay to be the person that i truly am and be authentic with it speak my mind be open-minded Talk shit if I want to talk shit. Curse if I want to curse. Right? Like these are the most important things when it comes to being a coach because people respect authenticity and they relate to authenticity. Um, and that's what you need to do. And on top of that, like let's be honest. Like if, if the reason I get a lot of clients and I have a successful business is because I am authentic and people can relate to me. If I am being fake, if I am not being upfront, if I am not being authentic to who my true self is and if I am not talking – as I normally talk, as I normally act, preaching the message I normally preach, so on and so forth, it's going to be hard to relate to me. Because number one, people can see when you're not being real. And number two, people want to work with somebody that they can relate to, that has been through their struggles, that is open and honest about it, who will talk to them on a deeper level. 
and and the only way that happens is if you're authentic. And in a day in social like a day and age of social media taking over marketing, authenticity is more important than ever. Because if you're not real, people are not going to respond and engage to your content. And we know content is crucial to have a successful business. Right? And and when I say successful business, I'm talking about coaching here, right? So if when I'm talking about being Having, if I say having a successful business, I mean successfully coaching people, because that's what this is. This is about being the best coach possible. And even if, and if you're a client, if you're not a coach, and you're listening to this, and you're into fitness, you're into training, um, and you're listening to this, then these are the top ten things that you should be looking for in a coach. Just as much, because these are the ten things that you need to see. Like, check off these boxes. Does this person practice what he preaches? Yes. Does he probably test it on himself first? Yes. Does he or she act authentic? Are they really, truly authentic? Are they being their real selves when they put themselves out there? Yes, check, cool. Keep moving on. So this is very, very key. Um, and at the end of the day, like I said, authenticity is key. Nobody wanna, wants to work with somebody who is not being their, their true self because that makes me insecure about being my true self. If I can tell that you're not being real, you're being fake, you're kind of shady, you're sketchy, and I don't feel like you're being your, your true authentic self, I'm going to be afraid to be myself, and I'm not going to work with somebody as a coach who I'm afraid to be myself with. It's not going to work. Your clients are not going to want that. So number two, be authentic. It's huge. Number three, never stop studying your craft. You're never too good to learn. Learning is infinite. Like literally, there's always something more to learn, so you can constantly get better. I have been to... Fuck, I can't even count how many seminars, watched how many webinars, read how many books on how to prescribe macros, macronutrients. And you would think everybody pretty much does it the same. You know what I mean? There's, there's kind of these ranges for calories depending on your intensity. You know, we're going to be somewhere between 10 to 14 times your body weight in calories for fat loss, somewhere between 13 to 16 times your body weight um, in calories for maintenance and somewhere between 15 to 18 times your body weight, even 20 times your body weight for calories for weight gain, right? And all those things are very flux on your training volume, your intensity, your body weight, your body mass, so on and so forth. So there's these wide ranges. And then we kind of dial it in body weight and protein. You know, there's like certain percentages for fats and you leave the rest of carbs, right? It's pretty simple. The issue with poor coaches and why a lot of people do not get great results with clients is because they stop right there. They read one book, they learn how to calculate macros, and they stop. What I did, and what I know a lot of great coaches did, we read one book, and then we bought another book from a completely different resource, right? I've learned how to track macros from a CrossFit coach, from an athletic trainer, from a bodybuilder, from an unnatural and natural bodybuilder, from multiple bodybuilders, from a lifestyle perspective. Then I go to PubMed. I go to the Journal of International Sports Science Nutrition. I look at the studies, what works best, what is adherence like, right? We, we expand our knowledge because macros might be one small topic of the nutrition coaching field, but I'm going to look at every single, single area, every single direction, every single spectrum of that one topic, and I'm going to learn it from every single individual who preaches it in a different manner. Phil Learney, Mark Coles, Ben Cooper, Jason Phillips, myself, Andy Morgan, Eric Helms, Mike Israel, like I can name off so many people that I have studied their way of doing macros, and that's just macros. I've done this in every single area for keto, for reverse dieting, for training, for cuts, for bulks, 
right? For refeeds, for diet break, every single topic you can possibly think of that you need to understand when it goes into nutrition, I've dug into from so many different focuses and, and, and viewpoints. It's insane. But that is why I can coach people so well because every single individual who approaches me is different, right? Like I, I see so many different angles, so many different ways of applying, and that makes me be able to create in a prescription, a nutrition prescription that's applicable to so many different in individuals. It's insane. But that's the only way. So um, I think never stop studying your craft is so huge, right? And you can go in so many different areas. And I think like your craft is a big area, right? So if I'm a nutrition coach, or for me personally, like I'm a training and nutrition coach, but even if I was just a trainer or just nutritionist, I think you should go in depth on training or nutrition, your opposite of what you do. If you're just a nutrition coach and you listen to this and you don't know how much volume somebody should have, how to take a deload, how to taper, how to program training, how to implement cardio, how to do all these different things, you're not doing yourself enough. You're not doing enough to be your best, period. Because those questions are going to arise, right? Like Courtney is a coach for me and I have another coach that's in the making right now who's working up to being a coach under me. Um, and both of them, Coach nutrition people. They both have multiple clients, plenty of clients, who just do nutrition. And I can guarantee you, because I know this because they come to me for advice, that 75% of them have already asked questions about training as well. Because we need to know. We need to have questions. We, we have questions. We need to have answers for our clients. So never stop studying your craft. Keep pushing forward. Look at every angle. Try to go the extra mile. And just keep revising everything. Shit, I started a full year-long course to become a legal nutritionist. Um... In I don't want to say it starts in at the end of August, right? So I've already done I've already done all my nutritional stuff. Like I've been to four different courses. Um, obviously, I went to college and we had nutrition courses. Like I've done my thing. I don't need to become a nutritionist again. I don't need to become a, a eighth certified nutrition coach. Like I don't need to do this stuff, but I choose to because I love what I do. I love the science. I love the breakdown. I love the knowledge. I love expanding on this topic because I love nutrition. I'm obsessed with it. And that's what makes me a good coach because I'm obsessed with it. I'll never stop studying it. I read about it every day. So that might be rule number one, <laughs> but it is uh, rule number three today for this list. Um, and, and again, there's no particular order. I do think practice what you preach is probably one of the best ones. So I did put that first, but there's no order here. Um, you should never stop studying your craft. Um, and you should always, always learn. And, and the biggest reason for that is because you can only get better. People are always going to be learning more. And you need to stay on top of what is trending, what's the latest in science. Um, and people are going to have questions, right? There's going to be a lot of topics like shit. Some of the stuff my clients have asked me, some of the stuff that my clients have struggled with have gone so deep that I've, I, if I didn't study as much as I did, I'd be screwed. So you need to dig into this stuff and you can't stop studying. Number four, document everything. Um, and what I actually mean about this, um, because you'll see there's two perspectives of this. Um, the next bullet is going to be about your clients. But this bullet, I mean you. Document everything you're doing. What are you studying? What are you learning? What are you reflecting on? What's your business growth? What's your reach? What's your engagement? I work with a lot of trainers now, helping them because they are my mentor clients and I help them build their business. And one of the things we do is we look into their analytics and I talk about everything. How much money did you make last month? How much money did you make the month before, the month before, the month before, the year before? How much engagement do you get on your Instagram? 
What's your following? What's your niche client? Right? What time are they online? What about Facebook? What about Twitter? What about Snapchat? Snapchat. What's your email open rate? What's your engagement on DMs? How many clients do you retain per month? How many clients do you lose per month? How many clients do you get per month? How many leads do you get? Are you reaching out to follow? Like there's so many things that you need to document to have a successful business. And there's so many things you need to document to become a better coach. Because if you do not document what you're doing, what you're learning, how you're growing, you will not be able to retain that knowledge. So when I read, I'm journaling. When I read, I'm taking notes. When I study, I'm saving links, bookmarking pages, highlighting things, coming back to it, writing it on my whiteboard. I'm teaching it on this podcast. I'm teaching it in my content. I'm teaching it immediately to clients. I study and then I execute. Right? So this is part of the documentation process. Um, and this is going to do a few things for you. One, it's going gonna, it's gonna to ingrain this information in your brain. If you learn something and you do not write it out, you do not teach it, you do not do something with that information, you're probably going to lose it within a week. Right? Like, and, and that's a complete random number I just pulled out of my ass but the point is is you got to do something with this information and if you don't you will lose it I promise you you need to execute with what you study the other part of that is if you want to be a successful coach it means you have to have clients you cannot be a successful coach if you do not have people to help that's what coaching is is we help people get better part of that is getting your reach out there, getting your engagement up, and getting more people to hear your voice, see your face. You need to document everything you do. Your clients you're working with, your day-to-day life, your meal prep, your training. What are you doing? Put it out there. Let people learn from it. That's what got me started in the content space. Like I really was just writing, vi- writing blogs and, and filming videos of what I was doing that was changing my life because I was like, man, if somebody else can see this for free and they can get better, I'm fulfilled. I win. That's what this podcast is all about. This podcast is fucking free. I don't make any money from this. And I spend hours every week doing this because I want you to learn. That's what this is about. So this is part of me documenting it. These are 10 things that I've implemented into my coaching that have made me a better coach, that have made my clients more successful. And because of that, I've documented it, and now I'm telling you about it. So I really think it's important to document everything from a business perspective, from a knowledge perspective, for, from a, a perspective just to help other people. The next part of this documenting is number six, record and assess constantly. And with this one, I do mean your clients. Or maybe that was number five. That was number five. <laughs> number five, record and assess constantly, constantly your, your clients. Right? What is their weekly progress? Are they taking before and after pictures? Are they progressing in the gym? Right? I don't track all of my clients' weights in the gym, but I do recommend heavily that they do because I think it's important. I want to know where their macros are. We want to know where their biofeedback is. I save every single weekly update. Um, I have certain clients who do daily, daily tracking. So we have a, a system where they, they are logging in specific measurements um, every single day. Um, across body and mind, but um, I have other clients who I only do it weekly, and it's it's simply one of those things where you have to kind of read your client, right? Is is daily a little much for them? Is that going to stress them out? I see a lot of people who jumped on the bandwagon of the tracking sheets, which I mean I've been doing for a really long time, um, and it's smart because we can track very. This, I mean, this started in bodybuilding, right? There's a lot of fluctuations in weight, and when you get really shredded, you need to weigh in daily to see where you're at, but. For some people, that can be overwhelming, right? So for some people, I don't do that. Some people, it's once a week. Sometimes it's three times a week. Sometimes it's daily. So it really depends on the person. But 
If I wasn't recording and assessing constantly, I wouldn't know what to adjust to get them better results. So every day, every week, we're looking what macros are they hitting, what training are they doing, how much are they sleeping, are they performing well, are they recovering well, are they stressed out, are they hungry, are there cravings, is their sex drive up? Let's look at all these things. Let's see where you're at neurologically and hormonally, and then let's adjust. That's the whole point of biofeedback. In fact, that's the whole point of a science-based approach with coaching. It's recording, assessing, reviewing the metrics, metrics, and then adjusting. Plain and simple. But that's how we progress, right? You can't do – it's insanity to say you're going to do something and it's going to last forever and you're just going to continue to see results. It never happens. You're going to plateau. And this is exactly how we avoid plateaus. Number six, communicate with your clients more often. And again, I just got to say, guys, like I know there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who aren't coaches. This podcast is still for you. Um, I'll probably mention it in the intro. Um, I record intros afterwards if you guys didn't know. Now you know. Um, but And I probably will say it in there. But I think it's important to remember like this is just as important for people who aren't coaches or who are coaches and are looking for somebody to help them with their body. Because I have handfuls of people who work with me who are trainers and nutrition coaches because they abide by these rules of 10. They want to practice what they preach. They want to document everything. They want to learn like – and kudos to them. Same reason why I have a coach. Um, but it, it's important. Um, it's important for you to know that this podcast is for you as well, because this gives you the checklist. This gives you the guidelines to say, like, is this the right coach for me or not? Um, so number six, communicate with your clients more often. This one is so unbelievably important. I think one of the biggest aspects of coaching, two biggest things of coaching are keeping your clients at like unbelievably accountable and communicating as often as they need. I have clients that are in touch with me daily. I have clients that are only in touch with me weekly. It's up to like whatever they need. I'm here to help them. So we're going to make it work some way, somehow. Um, plain and simple. And that's, and honestly, that's, and I stand by that. That's what makes me such a great coach is that I'm, my, my inbox is open 24 seven and I will get back to you as soon as possible, usually sooner rather than later. Um, and I will say lately it's been taking me longer because, so like I have my update day on Monday and some people like it's, it's taken me more than 24 hours to respond to them now. And this, and it's not because I have to like it, it's because I care about communication so much. And, and what I mean by that is I never just give people a one-sentence answer. Very, very rarely does that ever call for that. Um, and if it does, I've already been going back and forth with them for hours, right? I see a lot of coaches. I've experienced a lot of coaches. I've hired coaches. And I was disappointed because it's one quick, quick liners. Like, they get back to me quick, cool, but I want detail. Why are you making that adjustment? Why are you telling me to eat this way? Why are you suggesting I eat this many meals per day? Why did you put training here instead of here? And Like, give me some fucking meat. Like, I want to know. I want to be educated. I want to see your point of view. And when I ask why, I expect an answer. And because I experienced coaches over the years, before I was a coach and during being coached, and I saw that, it was always my mission to be like, I'm going to be that coach that gives as much detail as the person needs. And I'll even ask him. Like, I had one person. She'll probably know who she is when she hears this. Um, she asked me like, why are we periodizing things like this? And it was over like a 12 week block. And I'm like, do you really want to know? She's like, yeah, I'm like, cool. <laughs> and I respond with paragraphs breaking down why we're doing this, why we're building up, why we're accumulating, why we're incre increasing intensification, why we deload, why we have a test, why we're going to revisit that. Like it's, I go in depth because 
they want to know. And if you don't communicate to your clients, they want to hear better, right? Education builds compliance. And I'm stealing that from IN3, but it's the truth. And I've done, I've known that forever and I've practiced it. I've just never thought of a catchy little line to say it. If you educate your clients, they will understand what they're doing more and why it's working. And that is going to lead to them being more consistent with it because they don't have any guesswork. If you tell me to do something, you don't tell me why, you're like, just do it, just trust me. It's going to be real hard for me to consistently do this day after day after day because I don't know why the fuck I'm doing it. Think about it. It's the same exact concept with training and nutrition clients. So um, you need to communicate with your clients more and educate them, right? And that's part of this, right? Education, educating your clients doesn't, isn't on this list, surprisingly enough, but I would count that in this communicate um, because part of communicating with your clients is ex explanations, demoing, um, coaching cues, um, education, the science, breaking it down in simple terms, being there for them, um, but just being available and talking to them as much as possible. I think that's one of the biggest things. People want to be heard. People want to feel like they have support, like they have somebody in their corner. They want to feel accountable. And if you're barely ever talking to them, it's going to be hard for them to feel accountable. Right? And part of that is up to the client. So if your client listens to this or your coach listens to this, don't stress about it so much um, that you think you need to email your client every single day to just check on them and think they're okay. A lot of that responsibility is on them to reach out to you 100%. But from the get-go, let them know, hey, I'm an open box. You can email me any day, anytime. I will get back to you as soon as possible. I want to talk to you. I want to explain things. Ask your questions. Let me help you. And one of the reasons this came up for me is this last week on uh, – or this week on Monday, I had my update day, and a bunch of clients emailed me. Obviously, all my clients did. And four different people thanked me for answering their questions. They literally were like – one of them said, hey, I know I have a million questions. Thank you so much for answering all the time. Hey, I know it can be annoying. I'm always uh, – I've asked you like five questions in a row, but thank you so much for taking the time to answer them. And every single one of them, like, don't ever apologize, like – or thank me. That's part of my job. That's what I want to do. I'm happy to do that. It's my pleasure. It's an honor. I'm glad. I want to do this. This is fun for me. I'm glad you want to know why. Because if you didn't, I wouldn't think you wanted to be educated. So I encourage it. Keep doing it. And, it, and then it made me think, and I'm like, fuck, it's, it's because the industry standard is so low now. There's a lot of coaches out there that do not take the time to communicate, forget about their clients, and just do not give a shit like I do and like a lot of great coaches do. Um, so if you want to be a great coach, if you're looking for a great coach, find somebody or be somebody who is willing to communicate constantly. All right. Number seven. This is a good one. Never be dogmatic. I think that's huge. Um, and I'm not going to have a ton of explanation on this because it's simple. Be open-minded. Don't be dogmatic. There is no one way to do anything. Right? Like, you, you don't want to be that person that is, I'm an intermittent faster and all my clients do that. I only coach people. I'm a macro coach. I hate that fucking thing. I'm a macro coach. What is a macro coach? You only prescribe macros? That's not individualism. What happens to the person that doesn't want to track macros? <laughs> I can understand, and I'll be honest, majority of my clients do track macros. But I'm not a macro coach. I'm a nutrition coach. Right? I'm a training coach. I am a coach. I'm going to meet you where you're at. Being open-minded means being open to the fact that there's multiple ways to do things. There's multiple people that are going to approach you. There's different solutions for different struggles. Everybody who approaches me is a different person with a different struggle and a different lifestyle, a different schedule, a different hormonal profile, different goals, 
I understand that. And because that, I'm going to be open-minded enough to implement keto when it's necessary, to implement intermittent fasting when it's necessary, to implement macros or no macros or paleo or elimination, right? Being dogmatic puts you in a hole, puts you in a pigeonhole, puts you in a corner saying that I do this one way. I believe that this is the only way to do it. And if you believe that, shame on you because that's not being a coach. If you want to be the best coach possible, you have to be open-minded. You cannot be dogmatic. You can't. Dogmatism is the is the death of good coaching. You cannot be dogmatic. So this goes hand-in-hand hand with um, never stop studying your craft. If you're really studying your craft, you can't be dogmatic because you'll realize that there's studies that go both ways. I posted a thing recently showing – that a higher carb diet might be better for long-term fat loss because it's easier to adhere to and it is going to help retain more muscle mass because even with people who are in a surplus on a ketogenic diet, they actually didn't gain any muscle, none, in an eight-week study. And the people who were in the control diet and the non-keto diet who did have carbs, they did build muscle in the time frame. So that shows us that a ketogenic diet is not optimal for muscle mass. Well, what that tells me is that if anybody wants to lose fat sustainably but they want to have more muscle and perform at a higher level, then a keto diet might not be the best solution for you. Maybe integrating keto at certain times to improve insulin sensitivity, to improve metabolic flexibility, and then take it out and reduce carbs for your fat loss phase. I believe that's going to help you maintain more muscle mass um, because carbs are going to fill the muscle cell. You're going to get a better pump. You're probably going to have better performance, which is going to lead to more muscle mass retention, um, so on and so forth. But that doesn't mean keto is bad. I could list 10 scenarios right now where keto would be a good application for a person. But that's because I'm not dogmatic. I have my viewpoints for certain situations. In this situation where somebody wants to keep performance, keep as much muscle as possible, and lose fat for the long term, I do not believe keto is the best idea. But that's not a dogmatic statement. I'm open-minded enough to research this, to look at the studies, to see what places and times and people that keto can be available for. So um, to be the best coach possible, one way, you have to be open-minded. You cannot be dogmatic. There's always different ways to do it. And there's always different ways to approach things with the same exact concept. And what I mean by that goes back to exactly what I said. I have learned how to calculate and coach macros from like 12 different coaches and 12 different philosophies and 12 different scenarios. CrossFit, bodybuilding, enhanced, natural, sports, lifestyle, everything, sedentary. But I did that because I'm not dogmatic and because I'm open-minded. And I think that's crucial for becoming a great coach. Number eight, move outside of your scope of practice safely, which I think is going to surprise people that I said that. Because a lot of people are like, oh, shit, um, training, that's, not, that's out of my scope of practice. Oh, shit, medicine, uh, that's out of my scope of practice. Autoimmune, uh, that's out of my scope of practice. But a couple things here. One, autoimmune isn't out of your scope of practice just because you are not a registered functional medicine doctor. If you have studied what you need to study and you are certified to be coaching people on nutrition, you have every right to help people with their autoimmune disease, in my opinion. Can you prescribe medicine from over the counter? No, of course not. You can't write a prescription, but you can approach nutrition for them. So, um, But what this also means, more so than anything to me, is mindset. You are a nutrition coach. You are a trainer. You are a client looking for one of the above. But let's be honest. 90% of the time, it doesn't come down to, I don't like broccoli, so I can't lose weight. 90% of the time, it comes down to, I have self-doubt. I have self-limiting beliefs. I have scarcity. 
I fear change. I have a lot of resistance in my life. I don't know how to manage my time. I don't know how to manage my stress. I have no confidence. Those are outside of your scope of practice if you're a trainer and nutritionist. But if you're not helping your people, your clients, break through these mental battles, these mental barriers, you're not doing everything you can to be the best coach possible. Shit, most of my clients, some of the heavy stuff that we work on most heavily, a lot of my clients, is the mental stuff. I have a wide variety of clients. I, I'm, I'm blessed to experience so many different clientele. So I have a lot of clients who it's strictly performance or it's strictly aesthetics. It's strictly a photo shoot. It's strictly bodybuilding, whatever it may be. Um, but I have a lot of clients who I have to really focus on, okay, let's add meditation. Let's add self-affirmations. How do you feel when you do that? Let's get on a call. Let's talk about what's going on through your mind. Let's talk about confidence. Let's talk about certainty. Let's build those things up because I've been in that place and I've had to build those things up myself. That's out of my scope of practice. Well, it's not really because I've studied this for a long time. <laughs> so, um, But my point with that is, is a lot of people are afraid to talk about anything besides macros and nutrition or bench press and, and hip thrusts and training and deloads and, and all this different shit because they're not a certified life coach, which is a made-up bullshit certification. I shouldn't say that. It's not a made-up bullshit certification. It's a legit thing, but I think people took it out of hand. I think there's a lot of people who abuse that. I've had a life coach, so I respect real life coaches um, a lot. They help change my life dramatically, so I'm all about it. But if you can learn those same practices from books, from self-experience, from being mentored, being coached, and then you can help your clients with that, technically that's kind of outside your scope of practice, and I think that's okay as long as people are being safe and as long as people are being helped. If you can help people by stepping outside of training and nutrition, you are winning as a coach. That's what I'm saying here. Step out of the realm of just training and nutrition. Don't put yourself in that box. Go beyond that. Talk about mindset. And this goes back to, again, never stop studying your craft, right? And this is why, like, I don't think a lot of people know this, but this is why I dig heavily into bodybuilding. I follow the natural bodybuilding community a lot. I personally know a lot of natural pro bodybuilders, natural pro bodybuilding coaches. I study from them. I coach with them. I've been to bodybuilding events over the years. I've read every book you can think of because... I mean, for me, I know that studying my craft to help people lose weight means I got to learn from the best. These people go to extreme measures to be insanely shredded and have no body fat. But what I can learn from them is going to help me coach lifestyle clients lose 20 to 30 pounds all day so much better. That's going beyond my scope of practice. That's going beyond my niche. That's going beyond to keep studying my craft. So what I mean by going outside of your scope of practice safely is do not box yourself in to just your niche clientele or just your title. Go beyond that because there's always going to be things that come up and everything is connected. Your body, your mindset, your relationships, your community, your business, your finances, everything is connected. And if you can help people in these other areas to build up the area you're supposed to be focusing on with them, I promise you you'll be more successful. You'll be a better coach. Number nine. Challenge your clients to do more and be more. Plain and simple, doesn't need any explanation, challenge your clients. Push them to set 30-day goals, 60-day goals, 90-day goals, one-year goals, and then reverse engineer them. Push them to set weekly challenges. Push them to plan out their week. Push them to improve. Remind them. Send them funny things. 
do anything you can. Like Steve Krebs was on the show, and he, he mentioned something he did to challenge me more is he would send me weird gifts of a pit bull. He used to tell me, himself, like he used to always say to me, like especially because this is – when I worked with him is when I broke through all self-doubt and just went all in on me and just being confident that I could – like why not me? Why not me? This is what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. I love helping people. Why not me? Um, and one of the ways he did that was he showed me. He was like, yo, like, do you see what you did last week? How much you accomplished? That was when you're being a pit bull. You had no doubt in your voice. You were loud. You were confident. Your chest was tall. You were a pit bull. And then, for lack of better terms, <laughs> he would say, you're being a pussy right now. Straight up. And I w- it would piss me off so bad. And I'd be like, dude, do not call me that. And he'd be like, dude, you're you're doubting, you're fearing, you're giving into resistance, you're being a pussy right now. Be the pit bull you're supposed to be. And he would just finish the call, and I'd just be so pissed. But it would work. And every once in a while, and I'm not, <laughs> do not say this to your clients, guys. I should probably, <laughs> I should probably put that out there. Do not say this to, this to your clients, because nine times out of ten, it will not work well. Steve was my mentor, life coach, business coach. He was somebody who helped me, and we had that type of relationship. Totally different. And he was helping me grow in life, not my body. So it is a little bit different. But the point is, is, you know, once a week, randomly, I'd get a text. And it would be a GIF of a pit bull with, like, lightning flashing in the background. Or, like, a pit bull with a big-ass chain growling. And it would just fire me up. It'd make me smile, but it'd fire me up and challenge me because I knew that meant be more. Be all you can be. Be the Cody that I know. So challenge your clients that way. Send them things. Tell them to be better. Push them to set goals. Push them to break boundaries. Communicate this stuff more. If you're not challenging your clients, what are they doing with you? I think that's very, very important. And there's times to push and times to back off because there's a lot of clients I have who I'm not like hammering with challenges. I'm trying to break through with simple habits. But guess what? Those simple habits are challenges. Don't let them be complacent, right? We're always working to make change. And the last one, which is actually the most important one, is accountability times 10. If you're not communicating with your clients more, like I said earlier, you're not holding your accounts accountable. You're not doing them. You're not being the best coach you can be for them. You need to hold your clients accountable. And again, this is somewhat up to your clients. It's up to them to email you. Um, You're a coach. You are busy. You work with a lot of people. It's only, it only makes – and you have a life. You, you, it makes sense, right? I leave that responsibility up to my clients just as most people do. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to pop in their inbox and be like, yo, I didn't get your update. Where are you at? Yo, how's it going? Right? Set reminders to check in on them. Send them funny challenges. Send them funny messages. Check in on them. Hold them accountable. And more importantly, tell them to, re- to, to reply back to you. Like, like something I am very, very big on is leaving a message – If I know somebody needs to be challenged, if I know somebody needs to set a task, a goal, an action step, I will tell them, this is what I want you to do, and I want you to email me by Tuesday night that you completed it with a screenshot of this, whether it's your time blocks or your meal prep or you in the gym or your training or whatever, your steps of the day, challenge them, set up a task, and tell them to get back to you with it. Not, I'll check in with you in a couple weeks you got to hold people accountable, right? And that's why, to to be honest with you, I pay more and more for coaching to just get more and more accountability, period. Sometimes it's only accountability. Like there's no strategies being implemented for me, nutrition or business. It's just I need accountability to make sure I keep moving. Even if I don't talk to the person for a full week, 
that's accountability. I do not want to let that person down. So when you're working with people, be there and tell them, I'm holding you accountable. Here's the goal. I expect it done. Let's get this done. This is how we move you to your goal. That's accountability. Just being there is accountability. Saying that you're always open for messages. And people, like, whether you're a coach yourself or you're not, you need to hire somebody strictly for accountability. If you are wondering why you're not excelling faster, if you're wondering why you're not getting better results, it's because you don't have accountability. Accountability is the, is the glue that holds all these tactics together. Without accountability, none of the tactics get done and none of the tactics actually work to get you results. In my opinion, accountability is probably the most important thing in a coach. The most important thing when it comes to getting results. And I do believe that if you're not giving more accountability, you're not doing yourself, like you're not becoming the best coach possible. And if you're a client and you're wondering why you're not getting results and you're listening to this podcast and you're reading these books and you're, and you're going all over blogs and Instagram and YouTube and all this stuff and you have this knowledge and you're trying to apply it, but something is just not happening. Something's not clicking. You're not seeing the results you thought you should or you think you should. You're missing true accountability. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the All-Inclusive Guide to Mastering Your Diet. It's going to teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book. Not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does, and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum. That is the only way into the forum, and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything, and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spend a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.